I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We've all been there. You set a healthy boundary with someone and you feel good about it for about five minutes and then the guilt begins to set in and you start thinking about how the other person is feeling and whether you've upset them or maybe now they're angry and you're regretting having said anything. If this is you and you're ready to overcome your guilt and regret when you set boundaries, then you're in the right place. Today, you're gonna learn why you feel guilty and regretful and my three-step process to overcome guilt and regret when you're setting boundaries, so stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello. Good to have you here. I'm sort of excited today. I'm feeling saucy. If you're watching me on um, YouTube, you'll see that I'm wearing kind of a reddish color. And when I wear these colors, you know, I'm feeling saucy. So <laughs> us, us dark haired gals, that, that's our color. That's our color palette. Um, anyway, it's great to be here. I am really excited about today's topic. A lot of you wrote in with different kinds of questions that I'm sort of answering in this, um, you know, bigger way. So hopefully, um, you know, you'll get your whatever you might have thought about that you wanted to hear about, you'll get an answer today. I am going to do other segments of Ask Dr. Abby soon. Um, 
And so, you know, you'll get those too. But I also sometimes, if I have enough people writing in a question, I just really turn it into a, a regular, kind of the regular way I do the podcast. And this was one that came up over and over. So let's jump in. Let's do this thing. Uh, and I want to start with this little little story. If you get my newsletter, you heard me talk about it, but I'm going to expand quite a bit about it. So, uh, and if you don't get my newsletter yet, why not? Why don't you sign up? It's on the website and it's a weekly dose of love and wonderfulness in your box. Anyway, so I shared this letter. So uh, I shared the story, I should say. So one of my favorite books is called The Happiness Advantage by Sean Acor. And I thought it'd be a great idea to have him come on the show to chat about his research and ways to be happy. And I sent a thoughtful and I thought quite fabulous pitch to him and his people. And here's the response I got. I'm going to read this to you. It's really great. Dear Abby, that's me. Thank you so much for reaching out to invite Sean on your podcast. We love the work you're doing and thank you for being a bright light in the world. Sean is honored to be invited, unfortunately, with a full speaking schedule and a young family, plus the work he's doing right now through his nonprofit to support educators during the pandemic, Sean isn't able to take on anything new. We wish you success with your podcast. We need people like you leading the way forward, exclamation point. Okay. This response was so friggin' great, so lovely that for a minute, I didn't register that he said no, <laughs> that they said, no, no, thank you. Saying no to people in a loving, clear way is an art form, right? And I would, it's an art. And I would say that Sean Acor's people are in the Rembrandt category right now, while I often feel, I don't know about you, but like I'm drawing on a wall with crayon, right? So, you know, I'm getting better. And sometimes when I say no to someone, I notice that, uh, I'm I'm still feeling guilty though. So, uh, or I, you know, I I start thinking, oh, I'm being selfish, or I notice sometimes that um, I get self conscious. I might think, uh, oh, what are they going to think about me now? What are they saying about me? And those fear based responses, because that's what those are, just create more fear based reactions from other people. And so, I'm going to share with you a conversation I had a few years ago that went something like this. Uh, parent, I don't know, at my kid's school in, in what I think is a kind of bossy voice asked me, Hey, we need help with the school bake sale. Can I put you down to take a shift <clears throat> from one to four on Friday? Me scrambling for something to say, um, um I really can't, I I'm just swamped right now and I'll be at work. Other parent now very annoyed with me. Well, we're all swamped. So if everyone had that attitude, we'd never raise money for the school. All of us are making sacrifices. If I could have channeled my inner Sean Acor or his people, my clear and loving response would have been something like, uh, thank you so much for all you're doing for the school. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. It's so great. I've already reached my own maximum for the volunteer hours I can commit to right now, but please give me plenty of notice in the future so I can make sure to help. And I would have then walked briskly away with all good feelings intact instead of what actually happened, which as I recall was me skulking off in shame and berating myself and being resentful of the other parent. <laughs> yeah, that's not the way to go, people. Not the way to go. It's important 
to know our boundaries and to share them with others in a way that shows love, not fear. And that is the basis of today's podcast, but I'll get into specifics. We don't have to feel bad about it or make excuses or justifications. What do I say all the time? No is a complete sentence and can be said though with a smile and a light heart, just like Sean's folks. I mean, it doesn't have to be mean. But but of course, how do you get there? Yeah, thanks, Abby, I, for the newsflash that I don't have to be mean, but how do we get there? <laughs> so I'm going to show you today. For, well, first, I want to talk about, I want to examine really why you're feeling guilty and regretful. And then we'll talk about how to fix it. Because uh, as you know, if you understand the why, you are more motivated and clearer about doing the what. So we'll get there. And and I want to mention before I forget that we've now got, again, the podcast on YouTube. If you'd like to watch me while I chat, I, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just sort of staring at the camera. But if you dig that, and you want to see this fabulous little uh, sweater I'm wearing, uh, then come watch me. Come watch me on YouTube. And please do me a solid and subscribe to my channel so my people you know, can find out about the podcast that way too. And don't forget to leave a review for the podcast, please, 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 on iTunes or Audible. Um, we're also on Audible. And so you can leave a review there if iTunes feels too weird or hard and you have Audible. Even if you don't listen to me there, obviously you can leave a review there. Um, please show me the love. Show me the love. I'm showing you love. Let's love each other. It's a beautiful world. Okay. So the three reasons why you feel guilty when you set a boundary. Let's get to it. Okay. I have three major reasons why you end up feeling guilt and regret when you set a boundary. The number one reason, it's selfish and mean. That's what you think. You were taught either directly or indirectly that it's selfish to put your own needs first. In other words, prioritizing yourself over others is, is just plain wrong. And if you believe you're a good person in the world, and who doesn't want to believe that? I'm fabulous. I'm a good person. Then you can't be doing that. You can't be mean and, and yucky and selfish. So <laughs> now you also might think it's mean to set a boundary because of how others react. And I want to say this, and it's going to sound weird for a minute, but stick with me. It's actually the opposite. When we set loving boundaries, not walls, when we set loving boundaries, we stop feeling resentful and it actually helps us feel more compassion for the people in our lives. I want that to sink in for just a moment. When you set a boundary, when you don't set the boundary, you're annoyed. You're like I was walking away from that woman. I was like angry at her for asking me something. I had no reason to be angry at her. She's just asking. She's trying to get her stuff done. Thank God for people like her at the school. I thank you. Thank you. She's And she really is wonderful and doing a great job. The fact that I couldn't help right then or whatever, you know, all that, that was all my crap. And yeah, maybe she, she, maybe she didn't talk to me in the nicest of voices when I said no, but that's still my crap. It, it's that's, you know, she's just, she's got her own stuff she's dealing with. Right. But I didn't need to walk away feeling resentful that she even asked. Uh, and that's what happens. We end up feeling resentful, the other person for quote unquote, trampling our boundary. And instead and and that's just icky. But the whole but you didn't want to set the boundary because you didn't want them to feel bad. Do you see the issue here? <laughs> it, it's everybody feeling bad. And again, like with Sean's Acor's no, not you all can feel good. We all we both sides can feel good. I wasn't happy that he said no. 
but it felt very real. It felt justifiable. It felt okay. And there's a, and again, I could have taken it bad though. I could have, I could have been like, oh, these stuck up people, they write books and they, you know, I go and buy the book and then they don't even help. Um, <laughs> you know, I could have, I guess, but there's a way for everybody to win, I guess is what I'm getting at. And I want you to really get that that's a, a part of this. Okay. The number two reason is we, we don't set these boundaries and we feel guilty and regretful when we do is we think, what will they think? You're worried about what others will say about you. You might hate disappointing other people. When you say no to coming over to help out on Sunday at your parents' house, you can feel their disappointment or your siblings are upset about it and you start to feel guilty. You start saying how sorry you are. I'm so, so sorry over and over and you're explaining even more why you can't make it on Sunday. You feel the need to, to justify in a big way your how why your own needs should take precedence it's like it has to be some epic huge thing or uh, and i know i can remember way back and this is usually when i was using but probably a little bit after my sobriety i would lie and make some big huge excuse to try to so that i could get out of doing something cuz i didn't feel worthy i didn't feel like it was i could just say no it had to be some huge epic reason uh, and I mean, crazy, right? Really crazy. I look back on those days and think, what was I thinking? But I get it. I try to have compassion for myself back then when I just didn't have the, uh, kind of emotional tools I have now. I didn't know how to deal with it. And b- the bottom line is we will often hurt ourselves all because we want others to like or approve of us because we don't want to deal with the backlash. Avoiding is no way to have a close relationship with with someone else. It's not. You you can't do it. And that's also when we start to regret because they had that backlash, right? And we're trying to avoid it. And then we think, oh, I'll stand my ground. And then we get all the crap from them. And we think, oh, I never should have done that. I was so stupid to stand my ground. So we really have to stop caring so much what others are thinking. And by the way, you don't know. You think you know and you don't. You're so sure you know and you don't. And even if you did, so what? It, it, that's their thoughts. They're allowed to have them. It doesn't need mean it needs to change what you're doing. I did do a whole podcast on what, uh, how to how to stop caring what other people think. <laughs> did a whole podcast on that. I will link to it in the show notes, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. You can come over and check it out. Um, or you can search for it on the website. But uh, I did do a whole podcast on that. So anyway, all right. Number three, will they still like me? Oh, we're so worried about that. We learn boundaries from our families. So I want to talk about this. We learn our boundaries. That's how we learn them from our families or caregivers, whoever was around. I've talked about boundaries before on a continuum of thin to thick. I did that in the Loving Detachment um, podcast, which I'll also link to in the show notes. Um, And in those families where the boundaries are too thin, we see enmeshment. It, you know, you can't tell where one person starts and the other person begins. So so there are no boundaries. You're expected to do whatever's asked, no matter what. And when that happens, boundaries end up feeling super uncomfortable and even scary. If you grew up with really thick boundaries, it's a little different because you feel you're usually more kind of avoidant with things and you feel fine about 
other you, you don't even think about what other people are thinking you just sort of do it and walk away so but for those of you with thinner boundaries the this is especially hard and so and so when you draw when you're drawing a boundary in a more enmeshed family system and i i'm not saying enmeshed as a mean thing or don't get your you know panties in a twist about that word but in a system where the boundaries are a little thinner where it's expected uh, that everybody knows each other's business, that you do what's asked, that your needs are secondary, all that. When you grow up in that kind of family, uh, folks get really upset when you set a boundary. They get even extra upset. And you'll hear things like, I mean, some real martyr guilt crap will come at you. Um, if you cared about me, you'd X. You know, if you cared about me in the family or this or that or mom or dad, you would do this thing. That's what you'll hear. Um, Oh, mom's lonely. You need to call her every day. It's not a big deal. You see a little bit of gaslighting going on here, don't you? Um, by the way, I'm going to do another future podcast on gaslighting uh, soon, because uh, specifically because I had a few of you write in about that. Anyway, uh, you might hear, well, it was your choice to get that new job. You know, you or you shouldn't miss family functions because, because of it, or you move far away. That was your choice. You know, hey, yeah, it's going to take you a little longer to get here, but you got to get here. Um, I had a client who, uh, used to have these like sacred Tuesday night dinners at his parents' house. And, uh, he make a long story short, some other things came up with his own family and his own young kids and he couldn't keep going. It just was too much. And one of his, uh, siblings said something like, you know, I can't believe how selfish you're being, um, you know, with your kids and, uh, oh, he actually, I'm sorry. He had he he had one night a week he could play soccer which he loved sorry now i'm remembering he had one night a week he could play soccer and he it was a great outlet for him it was really important for him and he was somebody who you know worked full time he had young kids there was very little time for himself <laughs> and i was all for that for now it's like you can do family stuff differently you know you have to shift you got to take care of yourself and literally, yeah, everybody and his parents, everyone, you're so selfish. You've got to want to go play soccer instead of being with us. And they laid on the guilt like no one's business. And of course, he said to me, I think I need to lie. I need to say something else, you know, wanting to avoid that backlash. And he really was regretting it. You know, I should just go, even though he really loved these Tuesday nights with his um, friends and, you know, he would get that physical exertion and it just was so good for him on so many levels and uh, family dinners were not. And again, it's a priority in a moment, you know, maybe as the kids get older, you'll go back to dinners that night or why couldn't they move the family? That's what he had asked them. He asked them to switch the night. He said, hey, I've got this one thing I could do, the soccer thing, because that's what I, you know, he and I brainstormed first. So I was like, why don't you just see if you can change it? Why does it have to be on Tuesdays? And, and he was like, yeah, right. You know, cause it's always been, and he asked to have it changed and everybody asked like he was, oh my God, telling them to chop up babies and eat them. I mean, they reacted so horribly about it. And again, with all the, you're so selfish, why should we move everything? Cause of you, uh, we've been doing it this night. It's tradition. There was no real reason, by the way. It wasn't like other night. I could I could maybe see if everybody else had things on the other nights already planned around this. Um, even then, I would say, well, could you move your stuff? You're asking, you know, they were asking my client to move his stuff. Why couldn't they move their stuff? But uh, he, you know, he was the youngest in the family, and there was that thing of just sort of dismissing when he had a need. 
But anyway, but you can see, right, where the where the big problem is here. Okay. Uh, and I, so there, you know, there's a book, uh, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. And I love this quote. She said, and I'm going to read it. She says, it's also impossible to practice compassion from a place of resentment. <laughs> so it's impossible to practice compassion from a place of resentment. I want you to really hear that. If we're going to practice acceptance and compassion, we need boundaries and accountability. So there you go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Brene said it, so you know it's real. Okay. Why you need to set and hold boundaries. So let's talk right now about why you need to set and hold boundaries. You want to set and hold boundaries because it's the key to true emotional closeness and intimacy. That's the very bottom line, not just with others, but with yourself. When you don't set or keep a boundary, you end up feeling fear-based emotions, right? You get them all over the place. What do you get? You get resentment. You get some helplessness. You get hopelessness. You get some rage, maybe. Um, frustration. Exhaustion. That's biggie. You, you can't build a healthy relationship on these feelings. So if you feel like you're doing this for for someone else because you're not being quote unquote selfish, I you're not think of that. Okay, I love this person, so I want to do this thing for them, you know, cuz I should, cuz I love them, cuz I'm supposed to, whatever. But you end up feeling all these feelings for them that aren't loving. Literally, you are <laughs> undoing whatever it is that you're doing. I need you to see how Frigging crazy it is to be doing it this way. You, you're you're not building closeness and intimacy. You're building resentment and exhaustion, and you're not taking care of yourself. And you're telling everybody, "I have no worth. I am unworthy. I am last on the list." What a load of crap! Okay, I'm taking a breath from my Jewish mother bossy yelling. Okay, uh, and I want to say this too. When also when you don't hold a boundary, you're being fake. I know. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. You can come at me. You're being fake. You're not showing the other person the true you. When you don't say what you really feel and what you really need, you're not speaking your truth. And you end up, again, feeling disconnected and isolating, right? Or isolated, I should say. Like, how is this helping your relationship? How is this making everything better? How is this truly even serving the other person? Because you're actually disconnecting from them. Yeah, I know. And you're starting to think all kinds of things about them, which is so unfair. They're selfish. They're mean. They're this. They're that. They're needy. They're whatever. When you're the issue, you just need to set a boundary. They can be however they want. It's up to you. It's up to you to hold your boundary, not other people. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm saying it. I'm 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 speaking some truth today. I am bringing you the loving truth because this is what it's about. Because I want you to be happy. How many times do I say that on the podcast? Please, please. I just I I can't tell you how many clients I work with who are feeling these feelings and end up seeing me, you know, end up paying for therapy. And I get it, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're just often just brought up this way. This is part of the family culture. This is part of what we were taught was right, again, either directly or indirectly, but it's really not serving you again, or the other person. It's never serving them when your energy towards them in any way is resentful, angry, distrusting, disconnected, all those things. It's, it's just not, it's not cool. 
Okay, here we go. You ready? Are you ready? Drum roll. <laughs> here we're coming at you. Here is the three-step process to overcome guilt and regret when setting boundaries. Here we go. Ready? First things first. <laughs> You're not, let's see, I'm not even getting to it yet, but hold on. I do have to say this first. It's going to take a minute to stop feeling guilt and regret when you set boundaries. If you, but I will tell you this, if you practice this process long enough, you'll find that the feelings either stop coming up or when they do, they're not as strong and they don't last as long. And you're able, believe it or not, to dispense with them pretty efficiently, pretty quickly. That's the the real beauty of this. The second point I want to make before I jump into my three-step process is that you need to make sure that you're making healthy boundaries and practicing loving detachment before you start this process. Uh, so, and I have, again, podcasts on both of those, how to set boundaries, how to hold them, all that. I have, you know, podcasts on loving detachment, but you, you've got to get better at that. I don't know what else to say. You, you, you got to put in some time and energy for that one. So that will help this process immeasurably. And, and I want to say the goal of this three-step process is very simple. It's to move you from a fear-based emotion and action, reaction that you have, such as anger, helplessness, guilt, regret, frustration, resignation, resentment. We're going to move from those to a love-based emotion, compassion, understanding, patience, love, kindness, gentleness, all the good things, okay? And I'm going to come at you with something a little different now, so we're going to get into it. You ready? All right. So step one, you have to acknowledge how you feel in the moment. And as usual, I just can't stop talking about this, can I? You're sick of it. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> You've got to be mindful to notice that you're feeling guilt, shame, or regret in a moment. If you know you need to set a boundary, the, you know, when you know you need to set a boundary, it's a bit easier because you can set yourself up for success, right? You can you can set yourself up to win here. But you have to notice when it's coming up, when someone's asking you something, you have to have it in that moment. And again, I have a free mindfulness starter kit that you can download because that's how much I love you. It's totally free uh, that you can download. Come over to the website and you'll see it on the show notes page. All right. So now obviously this is tougher when a boundary is being kind of tested on the fly, like in the example I gave earlier of me being asked to help out with the bake sale, right? You know, that was on the fly. I'm going to tell you this, likely the very first thing you feel is anger because this person is knowingly or unknowingly pushing on your boundary. Your job is to notice that anger so you can stop it in its tracks. You might be such an epic people pleaser, and you know I love you, I love you, I love you people pleasers, I love you, that you don't even notice any feelings and you just jump into action, <laughs> but you definitely have them. We all have feelings. I hear people say sometimes, well, I just did it. Well, I just, I just do stuff. I, you know, I don't know why, I just do it. Well, you, you do know what, you're having a thought, that's why. You, you're, there's a thought, which is creating a feeling, which is creating action. That's what's happening. And you've got to trace that back. It takes a minute. And again, when you when you practice your mindfulness, you get better at that. But that's really how you start to unravel this, how you start to pull apart the pieces to get better at, at, at them. 
Um, the problem probably is that you've just become an expert ignoring your feelings or what's really going on. You, you know, you just have jumped right into things. So you don't even notice. And every thought creates some feeling, it's something, and it's important to stop and acknowledge what's going on for you in that moment. And I want to say this, do it without judgment or impatience. I know, I know acknowledge the feeling, be with it for a moment. So that's all. So here you are, you're in a situation, you're at your mom's house and she's asked you to uh, come over on. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dish? Dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. She's asked you to come over on Saturday and clean the gutters. I'm making stuff up. I have no idea. And uh, well, I have a better one. Actually, I have one from a client not that long ago. Um, <laughs> I have a client who was visiting her mom and her mom said to her, oh, you're going to, so she, this client has a sister and the sister's jo- uh, boy, sister has a live-in fiance. The fiance, they have kids together, but the fiance also has another child who actually lives full time with the mom. But, uh, the, so my client's mother was asking her to go to this child, the, her sister's fiance's child, a recital. She said, oh, the whole family's going, you know, he's coming in the family. Uh, so she's going to be one of my granddaughters. So we're all going. And the, and my client was in her very busy season at work. She has a couple of very busy seasons at work where it's impossible even to do things for her own kids. And, you know, it's just twice a year and she knows it and whatever. And, you know, here's her mother saying, you're going to come right <laughs> to this recital for this girl. By the way, she hadn't even met yet. Hadn't even met her yet. That's how little time this girl was spending with her dad. And, you know, so here's my client trying to set the boundary. And I and she was she was really angry that her mother would even ask this of her knowing she said she was telling me she goes we had just been talking about how busy I was we had just been talking about it because of course her mother was angry that she hadn't come to visit her in a couple weeks and again my client was like remember twice a year during this time I I just can't visit like this is just what happens and she felt guilty enough that she went and visited it anyway see what happens and then here her mother is trampling the boundary more, asking for more. Now, let me give a few things here. Number one, which my client said to me, it was so great. She said, oh, she goes, my first mistake was uh, she, right? She gave up on her own boundary. So what did her mother think? Her mother now thinks, oh, if I nag her enough, I can get her to do what I want. 
So I will proceed to nag her quite a bit about these things. She Once you give in a little, of course more, and that's, that's what I said to her, we were talking in session. I was like, of course she asked you to also go to your, your sister's fiance's daughter's recital because you, it wasn't a recital, actually it was a play, but whatever. Because you said no to this other boundary, but then said yes. So here's another one. So now I can just open the floodgates. I can ask for all the things. You know, you've got to keep your boundaries. You have to, you know, stay with them. Remember what I say a lot about boundaries is that you don't want, you want to keep your boundary no matter how other people act. If they get upset, it doesn't matter. If they act super nice, it doesn't matter. You don't change the boundary based on what other people are doing ever. <laughs> so I use this example a lot because it's an easy one for people to get. I have a time of curfew for my kids. They always have to be home by curfew. Just because they're really good and stay on the curfew and come home at the right time all the time doesn't mean I then go, oh, you can stay out a little later next time. You can, you know, have a little more of whatever. That's, it, it's not the boundary. The boundary is you come home on time. That's what you're supposed to do when you did it. Great, we're done. But that's what happens with people. They, you know, the kids start wheedling, you know, like, oh, come on, I'm always good. Can I just, da, 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 da? and, you know, and then uh, I think I shared with you guys, this did happen once when I gave in to my Max and I made the boundary later, uh, the curfew later. And then he was later after that. And I was furious, furious because I was thinking, I gave you this, you know, I was so nice and I gave you this extra thing. And then you took advantage. Yeah. Can you hear it? Can you hear it when I tell you, when the professional tells you? Because of course I'm human and I do stuff like this too. Do you see how crazy that is? So that was all on me. I said the boundary's not important. I said, sure, let's move it around. And then he moved it a little more. Of course he did. He's a teenager. It's his job. So it's it was, it. it I mean, yes, he's responsible that he did that. But mostly that's on me. And I have no right to be furious at him. No right at all. I can only be furious at myself. Thank you very much. All right. That's step one. Get with it. Step two, and this is the biggie. Here we go. Are you ready? Again, another drum roll. I want you to focus on empathy, not sympathy. This is really what it all boils down to in a lot of ways. <sighs> I'm taking a breath. I'm getting centered to talk to you. Okay. When we feel sympathy for someone, we get into doing. So, you know, a, a a sad example would be if your, let's say, your best friend's father dies. I know, very sad. Of course, you feel sympathy for them, and of course, you would get into some kind of action mode and and think about, you know, what you can do to make things better or easier for your friend. You you know, might you might call and check in every day. You might cook, you know, your friend meals all the time. This is, of course, a lovely response. This is the way it should be. That's that sympathy. That's when you kind of give in a little more to what you usually do. You might, uh, you know, you might have, your boundary might be, oh, I don't go out during the week because I have work and school and stuff and I'm really busy, but here's your friend, right? And you're, it's sympathy and you, and this event, her father's not going to die often. This is a very special event. Obviously everything is not black. You can't have black and white boundaries either. I know that might sound contradictory to what I've said, but of course you can't because that's sick fear-based thinking. That's walls, not boundaries. <laughs> so of course I have this boundary that I don't go out at night. But however, 
my best friend's father just died. I, I need to, you know, I'm going to go out during the week. Maybe not every night. Maybe not whatever, but I'm going to go out of my way to move my own things around to make this happen. Now, if you have a friend who always has emergencies every other day that you're always having to change your things for, I'm going to tell you to get back to your boundary. Do you see the difference here? Because that's something else. That's someone who's taking, that is, you're being taken advantage of, but mostly I don't put that on the other people. I put that on you. Again, you're not keeping your boundary and the person just keeps asking because they see no reason not to. Why wouldn't I keep asking? You keep doing it. Why do, how do I know that's not okay? You're not telling me it's not okay. So I don't even know if they're taking advantage of you at that point. They're just, they're just asking. You can say no, right? I don't care that you get kicked back. I don't care that you get feedback you don't like. You still can say no. So, but do you see this here? This is really important. So that's the sympathy. However, (laughs) so when you've set a boundary, sympathy is not a healthy response. When you've set a, a general boundary in relationships, you're not doing sympathy. Instead, you want to focus on empathy. And this means you have compassion and patience for the other person's experience, but you don't take it on. Okay, you don't take it on. And I'm going to give you the secret. Are you ready? There's a really secret way of doing this. It's perfect. This will change your life. You like it? I'm I'm coming at you with change your life right now. (laughs) Instead of thinking, what can I, you know, what can I do to make this better? What can I do to make this better for this person? That's the sympathy and that's the action. We don't want it. Instead, I want you to shift that to what can I think? to make this better? What can I think to make this better? Then take a breath and spend a minute shifting what your thoughts are about what's happening and come from that compassionate and empathetic place. Do you hear me? So I have this boundary with my, uh, you know, my mom that, uh, you know, I'm not going to go over there during the week let's say, and she keeps pushing and wanting me to come and telling me I'm selfish and, and, and pushing every little button I have. And we know that our families are the best at pushing our buttons because they installed them, right? So that she's pushing all my buttons and I'm bleh. And, and so instead of thinking what we get into, what can I do? Okay, what can I do? What can I do? I guess I can move this thing around. I guess I can do this, or maybe I'll try to do that. Or maybe I'll stop answering her calls. That's something I can do, right? I'll avoid. We think of this. Instead, what can I think? What can I think? So, well, I can think my mom loves me a lot and really she believes she's doing the right thing to raise a good daughter. Maybe I could think that. Maybe I could realize my mom is very fear-based, always has been. This is her, how she was raised, what she, you know, what she thinks is right. So, but I don't have to take that on and I can just send love to her and compassion I can also think my mom is doing the best with the tools she has and her tools suck. And I can be loving and caring and compassionate as I tell her that's just not possible. And what else can I think? I can think that uh, I can think something about myself that, you know, I actually give in a lot to this stuff so I can see why she keeps pushing because she just assumes I will. Um, I've been, I, I'm not honest about what I really feel about this. 
And so, of course, they're this other person's picking up on my dishonesty, and that's creating some friction and problems. And I just have to be—I really need to be honest and uh, stand my ground. Do you see all? The, what can I think? That's not doing. If you start to do, uh-uh, stop that. What else could I think? Obviously, in a more positive vein uh, about what's happening. And again, come from that place. And I will say, I often find it's easiest to have some sort of mantra at the ready. It's often a lot in those moments, you know, when when everything's going on to remember like all the things Abby said to do. So you could just have a mantra ready, which will allow you to stop your fear-based reaction, you know, the the doing, the jumping into the doing. And the mantra just needs to be something that's easy for you to remember. And it needs to be something you believe. Okay, it needs to be something you believe. So you might say no, and then uh, in your head, you're like, setting boundaries is kind and loving. I'm setting bound. I'm creating boundaries, not walls. I love. I love this other person. Um, setting boundaries helps people see the real me. This is great. They're really getting to know the real me. It's it's, it's time. Uh, my boundaries are healthy and don't need an explanation. That's another good mantra to have. I don't have to justify why I have a boundary. Uh, I'm, uh, I have compassion in this moment for both of us. That's a good mantra. Uh, we're all doing the best of the tools we have. Like I said, maybe that one, I love this person. So I'm setting a boundary. One of my favorites I do actually is, um, feelings aren't facts. This guilt is an old belief. My new belief is that it's healthy to feel compassion instead of resentment for this person. My feelings are not facts. I don't have to do what I feel. (laughs) Uh, Don't believe everything I think is another great little mantra you could have. You're not responsible. Oh, it's a good one. I'm not responsible for anyone else's feelings. It's not my responsibility to make anyone else uncomfortable. It's only my responsibility to be kind to myself and others. And it and people push back with me a lot about that one. It's it is not your responsibility what other people feel. As long you know your responsibility, it's, you don't need to make them comfortable. That's on them. You're you're infantilizing other people if you do that. It is your responsibility to make sure you're coming from a loving place. That you are kind. That you are congruent. That you can say like Sean Acor, you can say no very kindly. You can be very clear. You can even, he even gave a few reasons why. He even kind of explained a little, which was helpful. I, I would say in general, don't do too much explaining because then people go after the explanation. So I don't really like the explanation in general. I get it. I get why it was appropriate there. Again, it's not always black and white, but you don't want to get too into explaining or justifying why because people just go, well, you could just do that another night. Well, why isn't that? You know, and they start arguing with you about your points and you're screwed. You're totally screwed. So just be be mindful about that piece. So empathy, not sympathy. Step three is hold your ground with what I call the yes and. <clears throat> Excuse me. A yes and. I'm getting a sip of water. All right. I want to say this well. When you hold your boundary with love, again, all the loving emotions, empathy, compassion, patience, understanding, all the good things, you'll feel different because you'll be getting a different response. So it helps you not feel guilty. When you don't stop that initial fear response and react from that place, that's when you get into trouble with the other person's reaction. When you're in fear, they'll be in fear. That's what happens all the time. 
So you want to make sure you stay in that loving place. And I'm telling you, I just, I literally have thousands of examples of people coming back to me, clients and friends and every, and my own examples coming back and saying, holy crap, that worked. I can't believe it. (laughs) When we are real, when we connect, when we connect with the other person about this thing, that's where you can hold the boundary with love. And that's the yes and. So, but let me just say, so, so do not, so here's what you don't do. And I'll talk about the yes and a little more. Don't say you're sorry. Never, ever apologize for setting or holding a boundary. Don't. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry has been very hard to take out of my language, and I still struggle with it, I have to tell you, which is scary to me. Number two, uh, also, don't argue. Don't argue. That's And that's why you don't give all the extras, because. but don't argue about your boundary. Don't try to, you know... which means don't justify it, don't explain it, you know, don't do all that because that's really arguing in wolf's clothing. (laughs) That's really what's happening there. Don't ever ask to be understood or ask for permission. Don't do it. People might not understand your boundary. You got to get over it. I say with love. I say with love. You got to move on. People just, they're going to be who they are. They're going to do what they do. So if you're always looking for permission to set the boundary or, or that they understand and it's good and we're all, yeah, that's all that people pleasing crap that'll kill you. So just move from that. Again, the empathy is there though, remember, it's just not the, that, that clawing uh, worry about what they're thinking. Uh, Don't say, but don't say, well, here's my boundary, but you know, don't, don't go there. So again, instead, I want you to have a yes and, and let me give you some, what do I always do? I give you real life examples because I love you. Uh, And I actually took these uh, recently from people. (laughs) Literally, I was in session going, I got to write that down because I'm going to use it on the podcast. Uh, I had someone say, uh, she was saying, no, someone is inviting her somewhere. And uh, I think it was her dad, actually. I'm trying to remember. Oh, it was her brother. And she's, and they were telling her she, they had to come to this thing with her and I really need you there and this whole thing. And she just really couldn't do it. It would have been really horrible for her. And this, she's very close to her brother, but again, in kind of in a mesh way. And, she, you know, he's always got something going on and she's always there to fix it kind of thing. And she's had to take herself out of that role, which has been very hard. And she said, uh, you know, she said his name and she said, you know, I can feel that you're disappointed. I won't be coming with you. And I still need to stay home that day. That's a yes and. Yes, I can feel what you're feeling. And I still need to stay home that day. Uh, uh, it seems, here's another one. It seems you're angry. You know, you seem angry that I can't help you on Saturday. I understand. Uh, definitely give me more notice in the future. And I'll try my best to help out. And th- that's kind of the and. You could say and give me more notice, you know, don't say, but, you know, don't say, but give me more notice. You know, it, it turns the tenor of this. It's yes. And not, but so, uh, yeah, I understand that you're upset that I'm not coming or that I'm not doing this thing. I get it. I hear you. And then you could, you know, and I, I still can't come <laughs> and I still need to do whatever. And I still, right. And you can even leave the and off and just stop with, I, you know, it's clear. I get it. You're angry. And just leave it. 
and see what happens next. You know, it's hard to be quiet in these situations, but it's a really, really good thing. I'll tell you that. Um, one that I use a lot, I, when people ask for money, I might say something like, you know, this is such a worthy cause and I've already earmarked my donation money for the year. So uh, why don't you uh, drop me an email in December and I'll see if I can put that on next year's giving list. I say that a lot. I get asked for money all the time, everywhere. And I, you know, I think some of it's just, you know, I'm a counselor, maybe you know, I'm a psychologist. I'm supposed to give all my money away. I, I don't really know what it is, but I guess to give money a lot. And I, I do give quite a bit. Maybe that's why that energy is there. I don't know. But for me, I've had to be very clear about my boundaries around that. And, you know, like my kid's school, how much money does a kid's school ask for? I could just write blank checks all day long, but I don't. I earmark every year amount of money I'm going to give to the school. And I always have a little bit of a slush fund in there knowing that, you know, the library might ask me for money or something else. But I know there's like, you know, $1,000, whatever it is that I'm definitely going to give. And then I know on top of that, is there another, you know, 2000s, you know, if your school, if you, if you're loaded another 10,000, I don't know, 250, whatever your number is, you have that number. And then you maybe put in a little bit, not being sure what else might come up and that's fine. But you know, like your kid's school, you want to support with money. So here we go. There's that part. Uh, I had someone recently get asked to plan a party for her uh, grandfather's birthday by her great aunt. And, uh, you know, and again, there were lots of other people in between. And this client I have has uh, three kids, has a full-time job. I mean, it's crazy, but she's very efficient and together. And so, you know, they this this great aunt skipped over, you know, 12 generations and about 100 other people to ask my client to do it. And because she's always done it in the past and we're doing things differently. And she said, you know, hey, I can't plan the party uh, and I'm happy and I'm happy to be part of the cleanup crew that day. I'll make sure that, you know, we uh, stay a little extra time at the end and I'll get my kids and we'll all help clean up. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I can't do it. And here's what I can. So there's a, a bunch of ways there to give you to kind of do the yes and in different ways. And at, at the in the end, I want you to remember that you just can't control other people's reactions. Your job is to make sure you're being kind, patient, and even loving when they when you say what you need. That's your job. I, I can't say this enough. That's it. You want to come from love-based, not fear-based. And that's really, when you're feeling guilt and regret, that's all your fear. And so the better you get at being in, in a different space with your feelings, being patient with yourself, being kind to yourself, it's not very kind to yourself to trample your own boundaries for someone else. The more you do that, I promise you, the happier you will be in the end. And just remember, in the beginning, when you set boundaries, people push up against them when you haven't been holding them. That's what they do because you've taught them that you don't hold your boundaries. So again, don't blame them. Just get really good on keeping your boundaries. Don't get up in their face. You can't control them. I know I've tried to control everybody. I'm trying to control you right now. Please. I'm the control queen. I get it. I get it. But you can't do it. So you've got to figure out another thing. So. There you have it. This is your way to get to overcome guilt and regret when setting boundaries. Make sure, remember to come over to the website, abbymetcalf.com forward slash podcast and 
go to the show notes page and download all the goodies and all the things and all the all the help you can have. And please, again, you know, uh, make sure that you leave a review for the podcast and subscribe and all the good things so that we can dominate the world with love so that the podcast can, well, I can have world domination. Everyone can get this information and feel happier and healthier in their lives because that's what we're looking to do. That is it for today. I love you. Thank you for being here with me. I'm so just appreciative. I love the questions coming in. So good. Again, I think many of you are listening right now knowing I answered your question because you asked some form of this. So uh, that's the good news. I, I really get all my best ideas from my clients and from you. So keep them coming. Abby at abbymedcalf.com or you can go to the contact page at the website. Have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything, you can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.